So the morning is all about the truth about retirement community moves. Retirement community moves. Okay, by a show of hands, how many of you are excited about moving to a senior living community? Raise your hand. A few people, right, but not very many. Well, what I love about this panel is that the people who live in the senior living communities represented, they are so happy and they're having so much fun that I love having this panel because instead of me telling you that living in a senior living type of community is cool, they get to tell you that because they live there. So they won't allow me to live there yet. I'm only 52. And so I have, uh, I'm on the wait list. <laughs> and so just so you know, I'm excited about it because uh, I go through Facebook all the time and I look and I see all the cool things that people are doing. And I'm like, I want to do that, but you have to live there. Uh, not always, there's some things you can do if you don't live there. But most of the time you have to live there to do them. So, all right, so without any further ado, come on up panelists, let's get you rolling. And as they're coming up, matter of fact, Johnny, come to this side over here, yep. And um, you guys have met some of these folks because they attend regularly. And we're gonna have uh, maybe a new face for a few of you. Hi, good morning, good morning. Yeah, right, Martha's the one that had too many towels. We've talked about that, good morning. <laughs> good morning, all right. Very good, you guys have a microphone on your chair, so let me make sure you get that. Sorry, Rick, I should have said that before you sit down. Okay, so do me a favor real quick and just say hello in your microphone. Hello. 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 Perfect. So be sure to hold it close, right? And then when you're talking, and I know you get excited, don't do this with your microphone, because nobody will hear you. Okay, all right, I'm gonna sit down. Oh, better get my questions. So I asked these folks to be on the panel because uh, what we wanted to represent was the truth, right? The truth. And what I found is that when you're out there in the, in the world and you're going through and you're talking to people, you get a couple of different stories, right? You get the stories from the people who uh, had a bad experience and they're telling you how awful it was. And then you get the stories from the, maybe the people who work at the senior communities who are very enthusiastic because it's their job to be enthusiastic, right? Um, and so what I thought would be nice to do is hear from people who actually have had uh, experiences with the whole process from start to finish, in some cases more than one, right? And so we're gonna ask them for their truths. And so um, let me introduce to you Johnny and Martha Seiler. You guys know them for being here regularly. They live at Spanish Cove Retirement Community out in Yukon. And uh, how long have you guys been there, Martha? 19 months. 19 months, perfect. Gosh, has it been that long? That's hard to believe. Yeah. It's flown by. Yeah, it has flown by. Yeah, for me too. We've been and, very active. Yeah. And then uh, Rick and his wife Laurel live in uh, Concordia Life Care Community. And Rick, how long have you guys lived there? We moved in November 8th last year. Okay, so not quite a year. Um, and Laurel's not here with us today. She stayed home, right? But um, Rick will kind of talk about their story. And then Carol and Jess are at Acclaim, which was formerly Lionwood. It's new, newly branded and named Acclaim. Carol, how long have you guys been there? We moved in September 29th last year. Okay, say that louder. I'm sorry. We moved in September 29th last year. Okay, perfect. So not quite a year. Not quite. And Jess is right here. Jess, give everybody a wave. All right, yeah. And 
and uh, Jess is a little bit rowdy, so I asked him to stay out there today, and uh, I couldn't handle two rowdy people on the panel at the same time, because it was him and Martha, I just couldn't do it. So Martha drew the, the long straw today. <laughs> okay, so as we get rolling, the first question that I asked you guys to be thinking about was, how long did you think about moving before you did it? Um, in terms of contemplation, like how long had it been on your mind? Uh, was it a spontaneous thing or had it been a long plan? Uh, so Carol, I'll start with you. I, it had been on my mind for over a couple of years. It had been on Jess's mind to say no. Um, <laughs> we came to one of the senior living series and it was a panel like this and we listened to what everybody had to say and I kiddingly looked at him and said so you ready to move now yep you're ready to move out of our house yep into a senior living yep I said how how long do you think two years I said no we that was in February of last year in September we moved in so um, it's all in how you handle things. Not everybody can do that, but that's what our story is on that. Yeah, now uh, we're going to talk about how you chose the community because once you guys agreed that you were going to move, there were some things that we did to put that into motion, right? Yeah, awesome, cool. Uh, Rick, what about you and Laurel? How long did you think about it um, before you decided to move? And also give them a little backstory about where you lived before Concordia. Hold that up close to Rick. Okay, we were living in Naples, Florida, and uh, our, our daughter and her family came to visit us from from China, where they were serving as missionaries there. Um, and uh, we had heard about uh, the Shell Point Retirement Community, which is a very large uh, uh, life care community in Florida. Um, and we'd seen it on TV, people had talked to us about that. Um, and, you know, and their visit, we thought, oh, let's go while they're here, let's go look at it. And, um, and so when we did, go there, we, we got a, um, a tour and they told us about it and that was really the first time that I had really thought about what a life care community, uh, you know, was, was all about. And my wife had Parkinson's and uh, <clears throat> for quite a few years uh, there was very little progression, but around that time there started, her progression with Parkinson's started increasing. So, um, and, we, and my daughter, who's very kind of, um, she's very guarded about things, you know, like that, oh, they're after your money or something like that. She was very impressed uh, as well. Um, so we, then our son came to visit from Costa Rica and he's in real estate. We took him there uh, to look at it. He's, he, he's also, uh, you know, studying law and, and um, so we thought about more and more, uh, they, we came to the conclusion we're going to need to move eventually um, with my wife's condition, so we might as well go ahead and, um, and pursue that. Yeah, so how long from that time you toured to when you moved in, do you remember? Uh, well, we, it was a process because um, uh, shortly after my daughter and son came, then uh, then COVID hit. Yep. So we, we started filling out our application. We were supposed to get 
medical tests. We couldn't get a lot of things done that we were supposed to uh, uh, supposed to do uh, in terms of the application process. And then we're, we were snowbirds living in in Florida, so we went to Wisconsin for the for the uh, summer and put our house on the market while we were gone. Um, so we didn't really. Then we came back from from Wisconsin, our house had not sold, um, and there was there was kind of a process. We didn't actually move in until December, um, uh, kind of right in the middle of COVID, yeah, and before there were any vaccinations. So it, you guys would have moved immediately, but you had some extenuating circumstances. <laughs> yeah, we, we did. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about your journey. So right. hold that thought. Um, so Martha, how long did you and Johnny uh, think about moving before you actually did it? I've been coming to these seminars almost seven years. Uh, the first year, I learned a lot. started me thinking. I'd come back home, tell Johnny, you're still working. And I said, you've got to come to the seminars. You just don't understand. You learn so much. Well, it really gets you to thinking about the process. So to say I was ready, I'd say about three years ago. Okay. Yeah. And what about Johnny? Was he on board? Johnny was not. <laughs> Johnny, I'll let you tell how long had you thought about it before you all made the move? Yeah, well, <clears throat> we had, uh, I had retired. I'd been coming to the seminars and we began to look at it. What options would we have other than maybe moving into a retirement community? And then we thought, how many times do we want to move? Because you move to a 55 plus community, you're ultimately going to have to move again because if something happens, you got to think about the ifs, the what ifs. What if something happened to either one of us would have to move again? That's another downsize. That's another move. And then we got to looking at different options and that we began to start looking at what well, do we want to live somewhere where we have everything available or do we want to stay at home and have to pay for all that to come into the house and then we kind of figured out it was cheaper to move to a long-term care community and you had that right there available on the on site and that began to trigger in my mind that made sense because when you go through the downsizing and moving, you only want to do that as little and as least often <laughs> as possible. Oh, come on, Johnny. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, so for you, it was, uh, you had a little shorter runway, but you thought, you thought it through. Yeah, my mind was about two years. Two years. And, okay. and that was, I could live with two years, but then that accelerated. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go back to Rick for a second because uh, I want you guys to hear just a little bit more about his journey before I dive into these other questions because it'll make sense to you when I do that. Uh, so Rick, you and Laurel uh, moved to Shell Point. Uh, happy to do that. You were enjoying it there. And then you guys went back up north. And so tell them what happened while you were back up north. There, we did move to yeah, Shell Point, and that we were. It was difficult because, largely because of COVID. Right. Uh, and um, we, so then we went up to Wisconsin, and uh, we were there for the summer. And uh, Hurricane Ian came, uh, and we had a first floor appointment apartment 
in uh, Shell Point that uh, about six to eight feet of water uh, from the ocean came by and about two or th about three feet landed on our apartment and, uh, and kind of destroyed uh, most of the earth, most of the things that was three feet or below uh, at least, right? Three feet or below yeah. and, and uh, very quickly the mold and stuff started taking other things. So we, we were in, we had contemplated uh, moving from to Oklahoma uh, earlier in the summer um, as we were in Wisconsin and my sister um, who lives here did research. She went around to 13 places and uh, checked them out, had meals there, talked to the staff, asked a lot of questions. And so she had done, um, a good bit of research uh, for us. And so we were contemplating should, uh, um, before the hurricane came, should we go to Oklahoma or, or stay there in, in uh, Shell Point? And we kind of concluded that, well, if we left Shell Point, we couldn't get back in. We were already there. Uh, we'll just stay here there for now. Um, and then the hurricane came, when, and so we thought, oh, okay. Took care of that answer. <laughs> uh, let's go to the, to the best place that my sister had uh, picked out and done a lot of research, and we did some um, online or yeah, some videos with Kelly. Um, some virtual meetings and two virtual tours. Check it out, and uh, we're, we're very, very pleased, not only with the facility, but being back here in, in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Now, you're from here originally. Yes, yeah. I grew up here. Yeah. Tell everybody who your grandpa is. We have oh, to tell. I'm B.C. Clark's grandson. Yeah. Right. So we should all sing the jingle uh, you know, in honor of B.C. Clark. So, yeah. So this was home for you anyway. And so it wasn't a hard decision, um, but it was. there was a lot of circumstances that really kind of, I can't even imagine how, how challenging that was. Now, just a little bit of context, too. Rick's kids are both live out of the country. Um, so they're, you know, not available. But they're supportive. They come in when they need oh, yeah. to. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Our daughter is from Australia is here now with her family. Oh, great. Okay, cool. She didn't come here today to see you speak? Well, she's with my wife, and they're doing some stuff. Oh, okay. All right. Great. Okay, so uh, we've got this recorded, by the way, so you can show her that you are a rock star later. Right. Okay. Uh, so I want to go back to Carol here. And Carol, now we've kind of talked about Rick and his wife's considerations, a few of them, about how they chose where they were going to move. So what considerations went into your and Jess's decision to move to a claim, or any community for that matter? Um, 17 years ago, Jess had a stroke and his right side is paralyzed, and he has aphasia, which means it attacked, it attacked his um, speech abilities. So everything kind of landed on me, and I don't resent any of that, but it was getting to the point where it was too much. So we decided we would look, and we wanted some place that we could get to know people and socialize closely, and and everything be spot on. We did several different communities. We had seen others in the past on some other occasions, but this time we did a search. We went to three different ones, 
and I kept comparing them back to McLean. And just did. When we walked in, we just felt like we had come home. And so it's all under one roof, and everything that happens is right there. Jess is able to get himself around, but wife worries if he's out of my sight. So this way he can just go take off and go do other functions that are going on in the community, or if they go on a bus trip, I'm not worrying about it. And I know that we're all in an enclosed area and safe, and we have found a wonderful family there. You even brought a neighbor with you today. I did, right? that's the neighbor that moved out of her apartment so we could move in. Oh, that's awesome, <laughs> yeah. And so for you guys, the, one of the biggest considerations, as I recall, when we were going, because I went with you guys on a couple tours, and Danielle went with you on a couple, and you know, it, it was interesting to watch their reactions. Everybody does this differently, right? But for them, I really didn't know, it was a feeling for y'all, right? As much as it was about, some people it's all about square footage, and some people it's all about like the meals or whatever. But for you guys, it was, how does this feel to us? Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, each one of those communities were very similar in what they offered, mm -hmm. right? But that one just seemed to fit. They were all beautiful communities, but it just felt like it fit, like you said. And I don't know, we just walked in the door and it felt like home. And yeah. I know that may sound silly, but it's the truth. It doesn't sound silly at all, no. I think there's a big part of that, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm gonna uh, skip over here to Martha and Johnny. What considerations went into your got you guys' choice uh, of where you decided to move, but also just what went into your, Johnny kind of alluded to the decision of actually going ahead and making the move, but what considerations did you have when you chose? Well, I'll step up first okay. because I did the research. I went to the communities. I checked it out. I wanted to do comparison. I knew how active we had been, how active we still wanted to be. We still wanted to do the traveling. We still wanted to be able to go out in the community and do the uh, uh, involvement with our church um, and uh, their, you know, whatever their calendar is. So my comparison was, uh, it was almost, almost the same, except one community stood out that it was just as active as we wanted it to be, as active, and then threw things at us that was new and different, that really enticed even Johnny. Uh, I think you guys moved to Spanish Cove so you could be on the rowing team. We're on the paddle on boat the paddle team. team. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I was I was it's all right. absolutely committed to getting it right this time. Totally it's okay. Do. It's all right. But uh, yes, that was a new adventure for us. Um, Johnny experienced it uh, what the, two years ago. Yes, and uh, as a spirit club person, we before you even moved in, you guys yes. started doing things. Correct. Right. Correct. But also the other weight was that uh, with Johnny being involved in a new project, new uh, adventure uh, after he retired from uh, OU College of Dentistry um, with our daughter who happens to live in Yukon. That was also a drawing appeal there. Uh, the biggest factor was finding a space for his design studio. Yeah. I'll let Johnny go to that. Yeah, Johnny, tell us about that, because that was a big one, because you yes. said, I can't move. I remember you saying, I can't move because I have this workshop. 
Yeah. Well, and when Natalie was close, because she lived in Yukon, so if we stayed in Oklahoma City, it was going to be a 35, 40 minute drive for her back over here. So Yukon seemed to be the area we looked at. And it was one of the visits that, you know, I was going, you know, I'm pretty much ready and committed to move. My problem is I, I want to continue to do what I'm doing that I've converted part of my house to do at, the, at where we live. And Jill looked at me and said, we want to keep you busy and active, so we have an art room, and that's art, so just put your stuff in there, and you do your art there with your daughter. And I was like, I'm on board. I'm ready. That's what I want to do. I want to be active and keep doing what I'm doing. And uh, that's where the difference to me in the community came is it wasn't a place to live. It was a place to thrive and to continue doing what we were doing. Yeah, well, so Johnny and Martha, they do, uh, what is it, Santa's Market? Is that what it's called? Miss the Santa's Market. Santa's Market. Yes, you um, guys set up a booth there. Yes, and we do uh, also the Earth Glow Market at uh, Church of the Servant. Yeah, they've got some amazing, beautiful jewelry that they make uh, and together. Mar Martha's kind of the marketing arm of things, right? And uh, and the daughter and Johnny do the uh, the actual jewelry making. Johnny was a, a dentist, and so he's got these nimble fingers and he's able to use those tools to do wires and things like that it's amazing right and so he's able to do some pretty intricate things I'm pretty impressed uh, to be honest I said, are you gonna go you know go on Etsy and sell this stuff and I think they're I don't know you started to say local didn't you yeah all right I told them they could make a big business out of this I tried but uh, Rick I'm gonna come back to you so um, you talked about a few considerations your wife's Parkinson's being one of them uh, what other considerations did you and Betty and your wife kind of talk about when she gave you the 13 options here in Oklahoma City? Well, um, I would say this may be not exactly an answer. To That's your okay. Question. Feel free. Whatever comes to your mind. Contrasting when when we were one of the big things that we um, a consideration of coming here was to be close to family. Uh, when we moved in, in our place in, in Florida, uh, initially my sister had a condo there, but then she sold that and wasn't coming there anymore. Uh, and so being, being close to family was a, a big consideration. Even though we had a lot of friends in Florida, even after we moved from Naples to Fort Myers that came to help, it was still not the, not the same. Right. And has her, has her health deteriorated and right. you needed, we needed more help? more kind of help, that, um, more help than, let's say, than, than your normal friends right. can, can give. Uh, uh, so that was a yeah. big, big consideration. There's things you don't mind asking family to do that you don't That's often right. ask people that aren't related yeah. to Yeah, one of the things that I really like about the... Growing up in Oklahoma City, I don't know if some of you may remember Central National Bank, and they had a slogan, uh, large enough to serve you, small enough to know you. And I've felt really good about where we are in Concordia because it's, it's that kind of feel. We were in a very large place in uh, Florida that had all kind of possible uh, things to do, you know. Uh, but Practically, we couldn't do a lot of those, and um, we had it was so big that you had to kind of go somewhere. We're all, we're all under one roof; everything is so convenient. We, so we 
we can participate even with my wife's condition uh, so much easier and you know sure. everything is just so convenient and easy for us yeah did rick for you guys was there a consideration of being in a community that offered all the levels of care yes absolutely that was a very important part uh, that was kind of a given okay yeah, yeah. so you knew going into it that right. you needed that type of community right. uh, okay very good. So, um, so let's talk about. Uh, we talked about how many communities you visited before you selected one. Uh, let's just—I I don't know if I really asked that question specifically, but about how many communities did you visit? When we got serious about it, we visited three different communities. I remember we canceled one, didn't we? Yes. Nikki said, "You keep talking about the claim. You might as well move there." <laughs> and we did, and we're very happy there. And the, okay, so let me give them context. So we've been in real estate for how long? 30 years now, right? And when someone keeps looking and every time they look at a house, they go, but I really like that one. But I really like that one. It's like, okay, let's stop looking, right? When you find the house, when you find the community, you know it's right. It's okay to, to make sure and validate yourself, but you don't need to look at everything that's on the market, right? Right. And I kept feeling like, well, everything says we should look at more places, but with Nikki with us, she brought us to our senses and didn't look at five more places to only go back to where we were going anyhow. Yeah, right. So, and, and some people do need to look at those five more places, and that's fine too. But, uh, Rick, about how many did you and your wife actually visit, and then how many did you visit? We only visited two, and we lived in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. But, um, Talk about trust. The lesson we learned, um, one, one of the factors that when we moved, when we came back from Singapore, moved to Naples. Uh, you know, I wanted to be able to water ski year round, so we moved to a place in Florida that had uh, a lake, and we, oh, I could water ski. And then the place in uh, in Fort Myers uh, was uh, near the. Um, uh, they had a marina. You know, I could bring my boat there, and uh, and we did. But uh, I soon discovered that water skiing in the ocean was very different than water skiing in the lake. Uh, so that became kind of impractical. That, in retrospect, uh, and maybe that's a lesson, there are certain things that, that kind of sold us, but that we should have inquired more about and really said, is this really going to work? Is it going to be you know, feasible and what uh, at all? And spent a lot of money moving my boat over there that we couldn't Right. wasn't feasible to use. Are you telling me that they didn't offer to at least take you out skiing to see if it would work out before you brought your boat over? Um, well, we didn't really pursue that. But that's what I'm saying, yeah. So nobody that. said well, to you. And we were going to be the, the first ones water skiing there. You uh -huh. know, I was. Yeah. And so the, um, the most of the people that were going there were not. Water. Right, they were boaters, yeah. Right. Chris doesn't let me ski behind our boat either. It's a 29-foot cabin cruiser, and he said, well, you know, Nikki, every time you ski behind our boat, we could do it, but it'd be about a $500 every 100 yards we go, so we kind of nixed that idea. <laughs> All right, so, Rick, your life changed. Um, your, your aspirations, like, you guys really saw retirement differently with the boat in Florida and all these things, and then things, circumstances right, change. Right, yes. Yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around that sometimes. Yeah, it, it was, and um, 
I think one of the uh, <clears throat> probably I should have given uh, more consideration initially uh, to coming to back to Oklahoma, uh, but I thought, well, you know, this moving the short distance is less of a hassle than moving all the way, uh, and uh, that was not the best. I mean, let's be honest, moving to by the ocean in Florida is more appealing than moving to Oklahoma City. I mean, let's be honest. Right. Right. So, uh, so sometimes people have to come to that after the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And Rick knows this. We've been to Florida twice. Chris and I have lived in Florida twice, and we live here now, <laughs> and we're very happy here. Um, Rick, I'm going to come back to you in a second. Okay. But Carol, you guys had some uh, considerations beyond just uh, you know what we talked about. But what challenges have you had since uh, you moved there? And how have you guys handled those? We've had an adventurous year. Um, we moved in like the 29th of September, and all of October and November were fine. And then in December, our management company changed. And it was a good change, but it was a change. So not only did the staff have to work through all that, but there were changes for the residents also. And that went fine, it was just a bump. And then the spring rains came and they decided to encroach upon our apartment and we had some flooding problems and the, the residents were very quick in helping us clean it and get it dry and we didn't lose anything, but it happened several times before we could get moved out. Um, they moved us to another apartment, which is actually the same floor plan, only flipped, so I walk into walls once in a while. But um, we had been, we again used our friends at OKC Mature News to come, because at that time, I had had hand surgery and bronchitis, and I could not do any of the move. So they came and took care of everything for us and got us moved up and settled again, so it was just like we walked in a different door to the same home. And um, our friend actually moved out of the apartment so we could move into it because we wanted to move upstairs. We've got several of our friends are upstairs. And then the only two bedroom upstairs was a one bath and that just wasn't gonna work for us. Um, Kimmy was in a two bed, two bath. And I said, well, if you wanna move across the hall, then we can move upstairs. She goes, okay. So she moved across the hall and we moved upstairs. And then after about three days after we moved in was when those bad storms hit um, and knocked out all the power on, on Penn. Penn from 122nd to Memorial. Well, guess where we live? Right there. The power went out about 2.30 in the morning. And when I got up in the morning, I looked to see if the RV was still out. So I looked to see if the traffic lights at 122nd were on or off, so I knew if it was us or the area. The traffic poles, it should be like this, were like this, and as far as I could see, the power poles were laying in the middle of the street. Um, they told us it would probably, OGE told us it would probably be seven days before we got power back. So different people went to hotels or out to live with, with family members. We don't have family in the area. So Kimmy and Jess and I took a, rented an um, Airbnb and we spent the week there. 
The power did come back on before seven days, but we decided to stay in the Airbnb and give the community a chance to cool back down. Um, they had a generator running to keep the kitchen area up to par so that all the food didn't get wasted, but there was no power in the building during that time. So we waited to cool down and then we moved back and everything was settled and everybody was back in their home so they were okay. But, you know, they say God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And we just look at each other, shake our head, and keep on going. A lot of people could not understand how come we weren't mad. I said, it's nobody's fault. It just is something that happened. And so we've just kept on going. We absolutely love where we are and have family there now. They may not be blood, but I know I can depend on them, some of them, for anything. We've got great management there that has helped us through it also. So I'm going to make a scrapbook um, on Shutterfly uh, September to September <laughs> of all the fun things that happened and the not so fun things. Yeah, you you were looking for an adventure and you better, we got you better watch we got what you asked for. Yeah, gotta be careful how you phrase it. <laughs> um, Rick, uh, challenges that you guys face beyond what we've already talked about as it relates to either of your moves? Um, the challenge is, is my wife's had four surgeries since uh, September, uh, about September, no, um, February 15. And really, as I look back, I, we couldn't have managed without we're being in that Concordia where we are. It was just, you know, um, I, if we'd been in a previous place or in our in our home in Naples, we just couldn't have done it. So when your wife had these surgeries, did she go back to Concordia to yeah, rehabilitate? Yeah, she went to the skilled section two of the times. The first time, first time she didn't, she didn't want to go. She came home and uh, that was a reverse uh, shoulder replacement and probably from overuse, um, the ball came off. And so we had to get a re-surgery later on. Um, and I suppose, in retrospect, uh, you know, it would have been a lot better for her to go to the skilled nursing unit. It probably would not have happened. It may have happened there, but. Um, but you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And most people we, want to go back to their bed. Very glad after the uh, two of the other surgeries, we did. She went into the skilled nursing section for a while. And so, for you to get from your apartment to the skilled, uh, about how long does it take you? Takes about five minutes of walking. Yeah, right. Didn't have to leave the building. Right. No 104 heat. You just walk through the building right. to go see her. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And so that was easier on you. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, any other challenges? Uh, not that that is enough, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to cut you short. Okay. Martha, what about you guys? Other than deciding how many towels to take, um, that was a big challenge for Martha. I love you, Mickey. I know. This towel story is just endearing, it is. is it not? It is. We will be forever yoked because of the towels. What other challenges did y'all have? Um, you worked out the jewelry uh, shop challenge. Any other challenges? I'm going to share a little bit on that. Okay. Because our design studio was comprised of one of our bedrooms in our house. Yeah. That entailed a folded up box that was three foot folded up 
about seven foot tall. Now, when we opened it up, it took nine foot of a wall. That does not compute in any of our apartments or any other place we looked at. Uh, the offering was not, I mean, I would kind of ask about that whenever I was going to the other places. Because I knew the design studio had to be taken care of. Right, or Johnny wasn't going anywhere. Not yet. He right. was not. That was a big. It was right. a big uh, hurry. Right. We weren't sick. We weren't compromised. Right. Other than right. uh, he had that studio. Right. So when we did visit, and Johnny presented the question to Jill, she looked at him and she said, "Well." We do have an art room, and I know he shared about that. And he talked about, well, okay. And then he went in depth about explaining about the box and how it opened up, and he just couldn't see it going into a second bedroom. And she said, okay, that's not gonna be any problem. We'll, we have room in that art room. And Johnny, okay. So then we were asked, well, does that settle or take care of your hurdle? She looked at Johnny, and she looked at me, and I went, yes. <laughs> because it did take right. care of our hurt. Right. That was my big concern. Right. Because I knew that kept him uh, doing what he really enjoyed. It was where that now that could come. Okay, now, that was not, uh, the challenge on that is that he took a paddle boat. Well, I was a walker, and I'd walk up and down the bank as they were practicing and stuff. I was challenged to do paddle boat the next season. And by, challenged by who? This one and uh, our wellness director, Debbie. Debbie. Okay, yeah. Uh, because I didn't know if I was as um, strong. Yeah. Well, you were said, confident that you well, were strong. Yeah, either. right. The confidence was there. And, I mean, I knew I was a walker. I around so three five miles pretty much a day but I also knew I had extra weight that I uh, my doctor kept telling me I needed to take off but when you set up when you challenge Martha to something like that uh, okay I go ahead and do it and so you joined the team I have mm -hmm. and how many times have you done the paddling the regatta. Well, we're working on now our my second regatta, Johnny's third. That's coming up at the end of September. But uh, we practice every uh, once a week, and uh, so that was my challenge. And has it uh, helped with your health? Uh, yes, and no, because okay. I'm not watching what I'm eating, and they feed us. Okay, well that's a different panel. We may do that one in November. I know, I know but I'm just saying. Uh, okay, but that's, the, that's is, the honest answer. The concern is, and there's a lot of people out there saying, I'm not ready yet because I'm too active, uh -huh. we're too involved with our community and stuff uh -huh. like that. What people don't understand is in a heartbeat, that can all change of not ready to ready. And the offerings could be where it's not, right, not available to what you need. Well, that's kind of what, what you guys need. determined was, is that yes. we, if we're going to move here, we want to do it because at some point we're not going to have the availability. Johnny, I know you did a lot of research on that. Well, I, I, I told uh, Nikki one time, I said, I thought I was an expert when I came to the 
the two series the first couple of times because we had dealt with both parents having Alzheimer's and having to deal with as a family how we dealt with those situations. And one of the big concerns we had was we didn't want to leave our children in charge of our decisions if they weren't willing or knowing how to do that. And I found out with my dad, and being an only child, there are lots of things you're not prepared to be able to deal with when you have to deal with that when you have no other uh, group that's going to help you make those decisions. It was all on you. It, it was all yeah. on me. And so uh, I think uh, Nikki's also said, and I think it's very true, no planning is a plan for disaster. Okay. And so Martha and I probably are planners and not waiters. So looking at a community that had an opportunity for us life care wise was primarily important to us because we didn't want our family and our kids particularly to be planning on how they were going to take care of us. We were going to take care of ourselves and let them live their lives. And one of the strangest feelings was when we told our kids kind of what we were looking at doing and what we had planned and then went on and started doing, it was like a corporate sigh of relief because they were worrying about how they were going to deal with it. And so once they knew we were taken care of, they felt relief that we had made the change for ourselves. The one concern that I will tell you is, always remember the opportunity to move into a long-term care community is dependent on your health. You can move in there, but you pay a higher rate if you're not healthy, okay? When you're healthy is when you want to move in and live the life we live now, so when we do go there, we're paying for our long-term care insurance every month to have that available to us. That is very, very important if you're looking at being healthy before you make that choice. Yeah. Once you're not healthy, you don't have near as many choices. Right. Available. Your choices are fewer if you have a health event. Yeah. Very good. Uh, okay, so I, I've asked you guys, I think, all the questions except for now that you've lived there for the time that you've been there, how do you feel about it? You've all kind of said how you feel about it, but uh, would you say you have any regrets or would you have any words of wisdom for people uh, in terms of things you wish you'd have done differently? Uh, Carol, do you have any? Just a couple things that came up after we did our move. Um, one is we have a small dog and when we were in the process of out of the house and moving into the apartment, um, she really got stressed big time. And we would take her over to the house with this, and we weren't taking all the furniture, so she'd hop up on the couch and think, I'm home. And then we'd take her back to this other place. Once we finished and everything was out of the house, we took her back and walked through the house and let her roam around. She was like, oh, we're not here anymore. And when we took her back, you could visibly see the change in her. So that helped. Um, and then on a fun note, when you're going through and downsizing and you're sure you're not going to need this and you're sure you're not going to need that, visit the community that you're moving into and find out what their activities are. One of the things that happens every month at our community is we have some kind of a themed party. Um, and today is Woodstock Day. And no, I am not ready for it. Um, you didn't wear your I have to go home and change my clothes, I know. 
But you will find that when you think, oh, well, I'm never going to wear that again, if you know that your community does things like that, kind of look at what you might want to rescue out of what you're getting rid of. You would not have gotten rid of your Woodstock costume. No, no. And actually, there's been a couple of things that was like, oh, man, I had something for that, but I gave it away. So um, I'm not saying take your whole closet, trust me. Um, but think, think on outside the box when you're ready to go, you know, I'm getting rid of almost all my jewelry. Well, maybe I need to keep that. So we, uh, we found that we downsized appropriately and when we moved apartments, we actually replaced one thing and got rid of something else again, two something else's. So we even downsized more. But do it with an open heart because what you have and you're getting rid of, somebody else can love. You know, before you give up the mic, there was one thing that I didn't ask because it wasn't on the questions, but you and I talked about briefly was, can you guys tell she has a positive attitude about life? Right? It's like, it's hard to be uh, grumpy when you're around Jess and Carol. It's just, you just can't do it. It's not possible. Um, are there people that live at your community that are maybe not as happy as you are? Absolutely. Um, not a lot, but there are some people that have been moved there by their their sibling or their children, and they weren't ready to move. So no matter what happens, they don't like it. Um, They've made up their mind to be unhappy. They, they have. Yeah. There's a few people there that have just made up their mind. They're never happy about anything. And I just smile and try to think of something positive to say back and don't buy into it because they're looking for people to get on their bandwagon of unhappy. We're not unhappy. We're not going to pretend we're unhappy. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I'll just look at somebody and say, so tell me something you're grateful for today. And it's like, what? I'm not grateful for anything. <laughs> well, what about the fact that you're just up today? Yeah, all right. You know, and try to make help somebody, not make, but help somebody think about a more positive way. Because when you're positive, everybody's having a good time. And, I and if they're of, not, they'll turn around and walk the other way. Absolutely. <laughs> I've kind of become a cheerleader there. We're, Jess and I are ambassadors, and we help the new people acclimate to the, the, to the community. And um, Jess laughs at me because at dinner I go over and get our drinks, and it might take me 10 minutes to come back to the table because <laughs> I stop and talk to everybody. But that's how you get to know people. And if you decide to move, don't be shy when you go in. Don't be overbearing, but, you know, just, hi, how are you? I'm new here, and and help move yourself in. Yeah, you've become kind of a leader of certain things in the group, and you guys are very participatory, um, which has helped a lot. With Obviously, you had somebody that was willing to move on your behalf. I mean, you know, so making friends is a good thing, right? Yeah. Um, go, we go were also... Martha was alluding to the things that they still are active in. Um, Jess is more active now than he was before we moved, and we have a lot of outside interest as well as what goes on there, so we are busy 
all the time. <laughs> and if you don't want to be busy, you just go to your room, close the door, and you're not busy. <laughs> I had a hard time getting a hold of her to do our prep for this because every time I called, she's like, Nikki, I've got something going on. Can I call you back? And then I think we finally connected in the middle of the day. I'm like, just I just need five minutes. <laughs> Caught you in between meetings. Yeah. Uh, Rick, any words of wisdom or things you would share with the group based on your I think some of, the, some of the biggest lessons uh, we learned were in relationship to uh, our time in, uh, in the transition into Shell Point in Florida. Um, when we came back from Wisconsin in the summer from Wisconsin, our house was still on the market. Um, and we, uh, we were already paying for our unit in, um, in Shell Point. Um, and so we left our house on the market and then when people came to see the house, we needed to leave. Um, and our, um, particularly with my wife's condition, uh, our kind of emotional reserve got worn down. And then we were getting ready for a uh, real, uh, some, a showing and sometimes the people wouldn't come on time and all these kind of things and COVID was going on and we were cleaning up getting ready for a showing and my wife was vacuuming and she fell we shouldn't have let her be vacuuming and she got she injured herself and um, so at that point we started really kind of going down. I was fixing the meals and it, it just got overwhelming. My sister came, my son came from Costa Rica and they ended up, you know, moving us in. So the, um, the a big lesson there is, um, well, several lessons. Number one, uh, it would have been far wiser just to, uh, to bite the bullet and have some extra expense for a few months to so and move in at the time that was was best for us uh, and secondly not to uh, get in a situation where you have to move in a crisis situation uh, because we were and, and when we arrived then at shell point uh, we were very depleted um, it was hard to be outgoing and meet yeah people. it was hard and covid was going on you know where uh, when, when we got help coming into Concordia, we were in much better condition. Our, our son did have to go to, he's the one that had to clean up everything in Florida and salvage what he could and bring it all here to Oklahoma City. So he did all the, uh, the heavy lifting. And he that came stuff. all the way from Costa Rica. To yeah, he did that two different times. Um, Rick didn't know about us, by the way. He said he wished he'd have known what we did for a living before. True. Yeah, and we did, when we were getting ready to leave in Florida, that's another thing, use their services, because um, uh, so many of our things we just ended up, you know, giving away or throwing away. Uh, COVID was going on, and we couldn't, we didn't, we looked for a, uh, uh, someone to help facilitate our move, but we, we couldn't find anyone to, a few people kind of said they would, but they didn't really do that, except the only ones that did were the actual movers. The other aspects, um, uh, we, you know. You did it on your own. Yeah. yeah you and your family. Our, we did it on our own. Which is exhausting. It was, it was not, it was not easy. Yeah. And short move or long move, use them. Right. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. And that didn't pay for this commercial. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, when we got ready to move from, we were on the ground floor on this wing and moved to the opposite as far as we could get away from it upstairs. So it was a godsend. And people go, so you still unboxing? No, it's all there. Right. Yeah, when you got several people doing it, it helps a lot. Well, Nikki, I would like to share too that Johnny and I have gotten so involved over there. Uh, I am now the Coffee Clutch Coordinator, which is a once a, month, a once a week meeting of the community. We have coffee and donuts. We uh, have um, either an interview that's uh, kind of off of Nikki's example uh, that I interview new residents. I also I have it where it's coordinated that um, if residents have gone on a new trip, they uh, get to uh, show uh, some of their slides and get to talk about oh, cool. the places they went. Yeah. Uh, that's how I got kind of involved, as well as we do uh, uh, ambassador uh, things also. But Johnny's also been in charge of. Um, some of the uh, tournaments that we have had. Ping tournaments? What and kind of tournaments, Johnny? Uh, horseshoes, ping pong, be the name of you. Really? Yeah. I missed that somewhere. I Ray or Martha, her paddle boat team won silver medal. Yeah, well, that's right. Last senior year. senior yeah. level yeah. for last year. Well, we're shooting for gold this year. I told Martha, uh, you know, I can't join their paddleboat team because I don't live at Spanish Cove, but the Healthy Living Center on Rockwell has one that I can join uh, at 50. So I said, I'm going to join them and I'm going to compete. I think I'm going to compete with you guys. Yeah. You're on. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, so we've, we have asked you some questions. You guys have been, this is great. I know the audience has some questions, so is it okay with you guys if I open it up? I just would like to say we have not been disappointed in our move. Okay. We true. have settled in, just like Carol said. You meet people. Uh, no regrets. They, be, they become your family. And through becoming your family, uh, they check on you. Uh, they say hello and how are you doing? And I thought people did that where you lived before, right? In your I neighborhood? Mean, uh, we lived at our house 20 years. Yeah. And I know some people have been in their houses 40 years or so, but we knew three, uh, I'm home now, two. <laughs> three but, people. But three, three neighbors, not well. One neighbor across the street better than the two on the either side of us. But they didn't check on you. No, in, in those 20 years. And I'm thinking, and here they just ask how you are and say hello and, well, we missed you at something or other. And I'm, I'm going, this is family. This is not just, it's not just our new community. It's our family. I love that, yeah. I think all three of you have kind of said some version of that, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to open it up to questions. I, I will field your question. I'll repeat it so that everybody can hear, and then I'll pass it to these guys. I, I would ask that we refrain from asking questions that are more about, uh, the, you know, prices and things like that, because the communities uh, have representatives that can answer those kind of questions. But any questions you have about their experience or the lifestyle, where they live, or anything like that, uh, feel free to ask. So uh, any questions, go ahead and raise your hand. May not be any. You guys have done such a thorough job. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, I see. Betty, and then I'll get yours. Yeah. Betty. I wanted to ask Rick about the boat situation. Um, when you go to one of these communities, um, I never thought of outdoor activities mm -hmm. as anything other than shopping. So, uh, do you still use your boat? So Betty, just for the record, so she's asking about his boat and outdoor activities and things. They've since moved from that community to Oklahoma, so they sold their boat. Yeah, but we have two boats in Wisconsin, and well, my son's going to bring one of them down in September. Well, you know, one we've discovered that we can. There's places we can do things right here. Yes. So that's another kind of lesson that we, you know, we we I should have thought a little bit more about that. Uh, even in our Florida move. So you never yeah. know. Some things you think you may be kind of giving up, you may not be. Okay. You know, um, I, you call me, I water ski. I slalom, so you call me, I'll go with you. Uh, you know, and I'll even pay for gas. I'm, I'm, I'm all about contributing. So, uh, so, Betty, I think really what I hear is, you know, these people, outdoor activity. Don't stop living. Do what you do as long as you can do it. Figure it out. Yeah. Good question. Yes. I just wondered if Rick and Carol, I mean, obviously, Spanish Carl, I can tell you guys are really happy. But I'm just Do you guys have any regrets at all? Do you have any regrets at all? She said, obviously, Martha's very happy. She's like crazy happy. But any that regrets? That didn't do it sooner. Yeah. That's it. I will tell you. We were very happy in our house. We lived there for 26 years. We did know a lot of our neighbors and they did check on us. And we had neighbors next door that came over and did things for us. Um, but when we moved and we settled in, which was very quick since we had that wonderful help, it was like, this is great. And just this big, huge weight lifted off your shoulder. And well, I, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I've talked to other people, and I go, oh, well, I'm not old enough yet, or uh, I'm not quite ready for that. I can still do everything. Well, it doesn't matter if you can still do everything. That's the time to go so that you can enjoy where you're living and get to know the people so that if you get to a point where you can't do as much, you still have friends. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What, you know, you didn't do it sooner. You could have. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't ask your age, you can share if you want to, but you could have done it sooner. Why didn't you? I'm 71, Jess is 76. We didn't do it sooner because Jess said no. <laughs> Way to go, Jess. And I had gotten to a point where I said, we're either going to move to a community or an apartment. I cannot take care of the house on my own anymore. So you kind of had to put your foot down. I did. And then the panel that was here the day that we came in February last year, he said, yeah, like it was like, what have you been waiting for? So, yeah, no regrets. There was a switch that flipped, yeah. right, Jess? We talked about that. And, uh, and he became ready. And I think I'm going to just project this because I've spent a lot of time with these guys. Uh, he saw how hard it was on you. And he's a good husband. And he loves you. And he didn't want it to be hard on you anymore. And so sometimes uh, we don't see what we're putting our spouse through um, until it becomes overwhelming. And the spouse goes, wait a minute, I, I can't do this anymore. The other night, Chris came home uh, and we were dealing with some things at the office and personally and so on and so forth. And 
I uh, sent him a text message and he called me and he said, Nikki, he said, uh, I have about 60% bandwidth. I cannot deal with that tonight. And I said, thank you for telling me that, right? Because how would I have known? How would I have known that he was depleted, uh, to use that word, um, if he hadn't told me? And I think sometimes we don't tell our spouses. And you may have told him subtly, but then you finally said, this is, I, I'm done. Right, because it was, you know, I'm sure it's the same for all of you. You cook dinner every night, you clean the house, something breaks, you have to either fix it or get somebody to come and fix it and hope you've called the right person. The right person. And, you know, the yard needs to be cut and there's just all these things. We weren't even using, we didn't live in a huge home, but we weren't even using all the rooms in our house. I said, this is silly. So, it's a God thing. Yeah. From that moment, he said, yes, everything just went. So, and even the challenges are yeah, irrelevant. We, yeah, there, we've had bigger challenges in our life than water and yeah. electricity. Yeah. So, they had a hurricane, you just had a flood. I know, I know. <laughs> Nine times. Right. Uh, yeah, good, that was a great question. Uh, Rick, I think it was also said to you, she asked, do you not have any regrets? No, no regrets at all. And even the, different, the difficult experiences that we had in our move to Shell Point, and there was a lot of, a lot of difficulties there. Uh, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't regret the decision to move into a, a life care facility, you know, even though um, there, there was a host of difficulties, I was, I was glad we made that decision. Well, and as your wife's situation progressed, I mean, the, the household responsibilities became yours. Right. Sure. Um, and was that something that you were accustomed to doing? <laughs> no. I had to learn, learn to, you know, uh, cook and do everything. Like Wash that. clothes and... Sure. Yeah. I've done some of those things, but... <clears throat> Right. Well, and they had lived a different lifestyle, just to be clear, too. You guys lived in uh, Singapore and, and Philippines for how many years? We lived in Singapore 25 years, Philippines for eight years. Yeah, who did your laundry there? Uh, well, in the Philippines, we had a, a household maid, and, right. and in, in, even in Singapore, we had uh, a, a Singaporean gal that came in a couple of times a week. Yeah, so you had some help. Even sure. your wife had some help. Sure, you had yeah. done that in that world. Right. Yeah, that's kind of how you live. So it was a total change for you to go, oh my gosh, all of this is on, is on my shoulders now, and and the care for your wife, which is the priority that you wanted to give. Uh, very good questions. Uh, anybody else? Yes, sir. Uh, when you moved to these communities, did you have a choice between an apartment situation versus a small freestanding cottage, if you will? Okay, so hang on, let me, let me repeat the question. So the question... What, what drove your decision? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So he asked, uh, when you moved, did you have the option of freestanding, single family, like a home or cottage, versus an apartment, and what drove your decision to one or the other? Um, so Martha? We did have the uh, choice. The reason I say we had the choice and we chose the apartment is because why do I want to downsize in a lateral move and then possibly have to do a downsize again? I thought, no, I've done, well, and you gotta know our background. We're a retired military. So we've had several moves and I thought, 
If I'm moving to a life care facility. Community. Community. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yes, because. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it all out. Yeah, yeah, fine. Because facility <laughs> is something that our friends that found out we were moving went, oh gosh, you guys are too active to be doing something wrong. Y'all haven't told us. And yes, it's a community. But, uh, and but so, the decision was because apartment, because we wanted to, if we're going to downsize, we're going to downsize. Yeah. We uh, looked at a three bedroom and uh, we looked at a two bedroom and a one plus. And what'd you end up with? We, well, we ended up with a two bedroom. One made, uh, one of the bedrooms made into a study. So. And two bathrooms. Uh, well, it's a bath and a half. Yeah, and she yes. still didn't have room for all her towels. I know. I, I couldn't give up those guest towels. I mean, it's so, so hard. Okay, so uh, Rick, did y'all have a choice? Well, the Shell Point has a wide variety of things, but uh, uh, they also are very tightly booked. So um, some of the ones that were bigger was, would be really high budget items. Uh, we, we had a two bedroom, one bath, um, which we, we love our, the, even the design in, in Concordia is so, our, we have a two bedroom, two bath there, and so much better designed, uh, and that's very sufficient for us. Yeah, two bed, two bath, and you talked about how different it feels at Concordia because it's a newer community, and Shell Point was more of an older. But the, part, the portion that we lived in, was, and that was more available. It was an older uh, facility that wasn't as well designed. Yeah. Hey, Rick, it's a community. Right. right. We're not calling okay. it a facility. Sorry. That's the F word around okay. here. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We'll get you trained. You haven't been coming long enough to be trained. No. Okay. Carol, uh, did y'all have a choice? Not. Yes. Everybody has a choice because you can decide which community you're going to move into. Some communities offer um, all of that and some communities don't. Ours does not. We're all apartment living. We have 120 units in our building, so it's not huge. And that's how we wanted to move. We didn't want to be in a house and be separated from people. We wanted to have people around us walk down the hall and say hi. You know, the dining room's there, all the activities are there. So that's what we chose to do. Is there a downside to that, by the way? I mean, are there ever things you go, oh, apartment living, I hate that, but I'll have to live with it? I will admit I had a problem with our neighbor when we first moved in. She liked to slam our door, her door, when she came in and went out. And our dog would bark, and that made her mad. So <laughs> we had to come to an agreement. You quit slamming, and she'll quit barking. But we worked with her and with management and got it all resolved. That is the only problem that we've had. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's just part of life. Yeah, it's I mean, just part of We knew when we moved into an apartment setting that there was the possibility for noise and, you know, things that we may not be used to in our own home. But it's so much closer and more a real community. Yeah, by the way, I've lived in at least two houses in neighborhoods with fences where the dogs were a problem. Right? I mean, it happens. When you have pets, you're going to have barking. When you have pets, you're going to have issues. Yeah. And we knew that we had to do control on things, but our dog, fortunately, is a very friendly dog, so it was unusual that she was barking so bad. So we worked yeah. through that. 
But other than that... Does that lady still live there? No. <laughs> Sometimes people gone. move on, yeah. Um, uh, Rick, we talked about it. Okay, so I got that question answered. Is that, was that a sufficient answer, sir? Yes, okay, perfect. Anybody else? Yes? Is there any restrictions for family coming to stay? Do any of you? Oh, go ahead. Was there ages? So what was the last part of that? Ages, like oh. little grandkids. Oh, gotcha. So uh, in your communities where you live, is there any restrictions for families with little kids coming to visit or staying for any period of time? And if so, what is that like, Martha? I can only laugh because our four youngest grandkids live there in Yukon. They're wowed by the swimming pool that's just outside of our apartment and they think that's awesome because it's covered and they can come and we have activity of not only our grandkids but other younger grandkids that come over and you see some of the older ones that come around so you see now, young and, people and they can stay with you in your apartment yes if you want to yes so yeah. yeah they just can't live there yeah. I'd have one comment on that is there's so many kids that come around there, they get so tickled that there's so many grandmas and grandmas around there that they get loved on by everybody. Yeah, they get lots of attention when they come visit, don't they? Yeah, Rick, what about uh, Concordia? Any restrictions on kids? I'm not totally sure, but I think it's, you know, people can't stay for longer than a month at a time. You know, right. But you don't want them there for longer than a month at a time. <laughs> Yeah. Any uh, any kid restrictions that you know? Not that I know of. We've got quite a few grandkids that come and spend the day, and sometimes yeah. a few days. We've got one of our neighbors' daughter and her granddaughter and her son live in Honduras, so they come a couple of times a year and spend a week or so with her. But it's kind of fun because you're you're used to not being quiet because where we live it, it's it's not quiet. A, no, it's not. There's always something going on. Right. But um, you all of a sudden you hear this little giggle or laugh, and it's like. Right. <laughs> but yeah, we've got some regular grandkids that come and visit. Yeah, I think all of the communities, I would say, across the whole metro, uh, are very kid friendly. They want kids to come around. Um, now, obviously, there are rules. You know, if they're in the dining room, then there's rules and things like that that they have to follow. But there's plenty of people around to keep them in check <laughs> in most cases. I'd like to share, though, though I thought it was a real good com compliment because our 12 year old granddaughter came with us. We invited her to eat with us. And it's the first time that she'd been in the dining room. And so um, she came and she ate. And then she and all the grandmothers kind of coming up and talking to her. And, and then when we came back over to her apartment, she said, you know, I might like to live here myself. Oh. And her <laughs> mother, our daughter, said, well, you have to wait till I get to move here. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I thought that was really That's a great compliment. Because uh -huh. she's 12. Right. 12 is where they're doing that transition. Right, 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 yeah. yeah. They don't like anything, usually, at 12. <laughs> Did you want to add to that, Rick? Yeah, our grand, all of our grandkids really like it. You know, our, our one granddaughter is visiting from Australia. Can't wait to go to the craft room every day. Yeah. <laughs> she's there making stuff. And, yeah. And so they all... And from age 23 down to the young ones. They all like it, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Carol, you said something that caught my attention on the phone the other day. You said you guys have a mantra that you say a lot, and I forgot, what is it? This is your home, 
use it. All the common areas, you know, you don't have to be invited to go sit down or not that I'm saying that that happens in other places, I don't know. But they want us to use the community like it's our home. So, you know, we had my sister and brother-in-law came and visited us earlier in the year. And that's the first time we've seen them for a while because of COVID and everything that's been going on. And they, their comment, both of them, just shook their head and went, you guys are so happy. I've never seen you this happy. So it... What a nice compliment. Yeah. yeah. It was like, well, we thought we were happy, but now it's evidently showing. So that's good. Well, I think what's interesting, uh, and Betty, I'll get your question. I, I think what's interesting is if you have not visited communities that are independent and active communities, and what you're used to is going to a nursing home, right? That's when people go, oh my gosh, right? It's, it's like nobody wants to go visit somebody in nursing care because it's not a good feeling. Um, and that's not what this is like. Even in the nursing areas of these communities, it's not like that. Um, so I think there's a mindset that uh, kids often, unfortunately, don't have the experience of what this could look like because they've not had the experience. I think more kids that get to visit, the better, because that tells them that this is, you know, getting older is okay. It can still be a great life. Betty, what was your follow-up question? I have a question about pets. You know, a lot of people have to support pets, and it's not necessarily uh, always a dog or something. When you go there, whether you have a pet or not, are there restrictions? Do they tell you the size of the pet you can have? Yeah, so there's kind of great question. So uh, that may be a better question for the community reps. You guys may know, but uh, do you know about, the, since you have a pet, what are some of the restrictions or the qualifications for a pet? Um, they do not like to have a lot of the large pets. Our dog is 16 pounds and she's kind of common. We've got about 20 dogs in our community. And a couple of them are larger dogs, but they're reasonably well behaved. And they have to be on a leash in the building. You can't have excessive noise and stuff like I was having the problem with our little one and I got her a barker collar that just buzzes when she starts barking, that's doctor. Um, but she doesn't have to wear it anymore because she got used to that. But um, we have a back, a, a large backyard area that we can take them out, let them off their leash. They can run around and do what they want and they all seem to get along fine out there. But we are mandatory, clean up after them. Yeah. You know, leaving that around. But so as long as they're on the leash, they're not aggressive, and you clean up after them, that's the main thing. Just like your own home. Yeah, Same exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Betty, to answer your question, all the communities have some qualification that people need to ask, right? What is it, if it's, if it's a, uh, any kind of animal, whether it's a service animal or not. Um, but there are a few communities that are not pet friendly. Uh, in other words, you can't not have a pet. Um, not very many, but there are some. Most of the time when you get to the assisted living level, then you're not going to be able to have pets uh, unless someone brings one in, it's like a therapy dog or something like that. Just because most of the people at that level can't care for their pet, they can't clean up after them and they can't take them out. So, um, but I, I can't speak for all the communities, but that's kind of the general scope of it, yeah. All right, yes, last question, Edwin. Uh, I'd like to know about the wellness activities in the communities and if they have 
like the special wellness activities for like Parkinson's uh, disease? Okay, good question. So uh, Edwin's question is, do, are, do the communities have wellness activities and what types and uh, specifically do they, do they have some that cater to people with specific conditions like Parkinson's and things like that? I'll let you go first, Rick. Yeah, at Concordia they have a lot of uh, things uh, on those lines and one of the things that my wife really liked in, in Florida was the Rocksteady Boxing and then we also have that at Concordia. A Parkinson's program, so there's, uh, you know, we've we've been impressed with that and other uh, seminars, and we have a really, real, we have a really good fitness uh, instructor, Christopher, yeah, Chris, yeah. Uh, coordinator and, and instructor that is is really good. Yeah, and uh, Martha, you mentioned Debbie Miller, who's your wellness yes. director. Uh, what kinds of programs do you know about, just from your experience? Well, I, we uh, have uh, one of our former residents of our apartment complex, because we have eight, eight apartments to each unit. Um, <clears throat> she has moved over to assisted living. I just met, met with her the other day, and yes, they have, she said, you know, they have all kinds of programs that she really uh, has enjoyed, and it's been offered more to them there in the assisted living. So there's area. different therapies that are available in the assisted uh, than there are the independent living communities Correct. often have their wellness area and do, do, do certain things and then assisted can usually do assisted stuff plus the independent stuff. And I took a challenge from Debbie also. Another one? Line, line dancing. <laughs> Has anybody ever done line dancing as you were younger? Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Well, yeah. I learned and I did seven different line dances things yes nice for a program I like we're it. working on a different one now i mean different yeah. program but that is something else because i have two left feet believe it or not and to train those two left feet to do something different right. and new that's good for the brain and for the yes. body yeah. and it's an accomplishment sure. for martha right. um, yeah so it's really pushed you, haven't they? Yeah. Yes, the challenge is there. Right. So. One other comment. Even when my, the times my wife has been in skilled nursing, there's been so many activities there she couldn't participate in all of them. Uh, was doing certain therapies and right. stuff, but uh, not, not a shortage of activities even in, in that situation. Right. Now, Carol, you guys are in a little different situation because you're in a completely independent living community, so talk about that. We are not in a life care community. It's just independent, but we do have a therapist that comes in every day that you can get your therapy with if you need it. Um, she's very good, and it goes through the insurance. We also have um, a couple of times a week different exercise going on in the great room and there is a small gym there and we also have a variety of different speakers that come in on topics to keep us well. And I think that that question is important when you're looking around at communities. Uh, you should be asking that question. They, they all will give you a calendar of what they do, right, of what they have available. And I think you should ask deep questions about that. If I have certain situations, do you offer this, do you offer that? 
And just because they don't offer it doesn't mean they won't offer it, by the way. Because some communities go, you know what, we don't need to offer it because we don't have anybody right now who's utilizing it. So now you have somebody who moves in and, oh my gosh, they have this situation. We've never dealt with it before. If they're a good community, they'll figure out a way to implement it if that's what they're designed for. You can't go to a place like Acclaim and expect them to provide you with physical therapy because they're not a healthcare community. They're an independent living community. But uh, that doesn't mean that they won't help facilitate someone coming in because they're going to want you to have a great uh, experience. So very good question. Can we give these guys a huge round of applause? All right, now that I've got you here and your legs are all stiff, I'm going to ask you to get up and go back down those stairs. Right? That's what I need to feel like I need to do some chair exercise. Is that part of your training, Martha? Getting up and down? And, yep, right. What? He just said it really quick and really. For the senior. Oh, awesome. You know, do you guys remember, I had a, one of our attendees the other day said, Nikki, the one seminar that you did that I remember the most is the one where you showed a picture, and I wish I had it, a picture of uh, a lady from uh, uh, one of those shows that I love, uh, Book Club, where Jane Fonda was sitting on the toilet and she had to get a statue and she put this huge statue so that when she had to get up off the toilet she had something to pull on. Y'all remember that? Yeah. I love that show. And so one of the things that these wellness center groups will do is they do chair exercises. You think, well that's not a big deal. But getting up out of a chair without arms is a big deal. Right? And so, uh, so they practice those things so that you don't have to be Jane Fonda and call your friend to say come get me off the toilet. That's just bad. Okay, so uh, let me tell you about what's next, and then I'll get you guys out of here. Um, so the next thing on our agenda for the Truth Series is coming up on the 22nd, Tuesday, that's a Tuesday, at the Northwest Library. I'm going to be speaking on, I don't have a panel for this, I'm going to be speaking on the move part. Like these guys talked about the lifestyle and where they live. I'm going to walk you through, step by step, what that looks like. Right? Like what they went through from the time they made the decision and said, I'm moving, now what? We're going to talk about all those steps and what the priorities are. Because I'm going to tell you the biggest mistake I see people making right now is they say, okay, I'm going to move. Now, they don't call us. They, they tell their friends, I'm going to move. And then they start doing things and they prioritize the wrong things. And those things typically cause them problems down the road. It can be a financial problem, it can be a service problem, it can be a health problem, uh, it can be a timing problem. But what I'm gonna do is give you the step-by-step -step so that if you are doing it yourself or you have a friend out of town that we can't help or something, you kind of know what that looks like. And then uh, we have a, uh, our education partners at Villages OKC have one coming up on Monday, August the 28th. And uh, that one is not on your evaluation, by the way. If you want to register for that one, you'll need to go directly through Villages OKC, which is back here. Carolyn's got the booth back here, and you can sign up for that class. This, is a, this doctor is really great. They do a great job of all these kind of different brain health things. And I can't wait. This one's called Smelling Your Way to Brain Health. Who knew, right? I can't wait. I hope, I hope they're good smells. Um, <laughs> I really do. I, I have no idea what this is about, so it's really exciting um, to hear about. Uh, and then, of course, on your evaluation forms, those of you who are new, let me just say this. 
If you fill out your evaluation form, you put your information on it, that information goes nowhere except to our event team. Those your contact information is not disseminated to anyone else. Bless you. And so feel free to fill it out and you can be incognito, anonymous if you want to. We like to have your information on there. Uh, but you can check the box to say I want to register for the next seminars and we'll make sure we'll confirm that with you uh, after you are probably somewhere between now and the next event. Did you guys learn something today? Say yes. Awesome. Turn to your neighbor and say it's going to be an amazing day. Yeah.